Kia ora and welcome to Right at Home, realising a future where all New Zealanders are well housed. This is a podcast about how we can realise a fairer housing future for Aotearoa New Zealand. What solutions do the experts, changemakers and policy people have? Join me, Vic Crockford, Community Housing Aotearoa's Chief Executive, as we look for a way to ensure the human right to a decent home is a reality for all New Zealanders. So make sure you follow, rate and share to help us get the word out there and settle in for what will be a fascinating discussion. We're launching the Right at Home podcast with a conversation between the leaders of two of this country's longest serving community housing organisations, Dwell Housing Trust and Communities of Refuge Trust. With over 18,000 households supported into housing by the community housing sector, it holds immense expertise and a range of solutions to the housing crisis. Kamua Kamuri is a whakatauki that many will know means walking backwards into the future. And it conveys the idea that we should look to the past to inform the future. And so given this sage piece of wisdom from Te Ao Māori, it's appropriate that we're using our first episode of this podcast to talk to a pair of leaders from two of New Zealand's longest-running community housing providers who have both been operating since the 1980s. Dwell Housing Trust has been providing homes to people in need in the Wellington region since 1981. Dwell is a registered CHIP providing a range of housing options including social housing for people on the housing register, affordable below-market rentals and shared living for individual adults. Dwell also has a shared home ownership program up and running. Alison Cadman joined Dwell's predecessor organisation, Wellington Housing Trust, in 2004. She is now Dwell's CE and responsible for the day-to-day management of their operations and achieving their strategic goals. Alison has had a long involvement with us here at Community Housing Aotearoa, being on the National Council for many years, including a time as Vice-Chair. Alison has undertaken several study tours in the UK and Australia, looking at non-government social housing organisations and was awarded a Winston Fellowship in 2013 to study the growth of housing associations in the UK. And in the 2022 New Year's Honours Announcement, Alison was made an Officer of the New Zealand Order of Merit for Service to Housing and the Community, an honour that we were all proud of. The Community of Refuge Trust, or Court, was founded in 1987 by Auckland's Ponsonby Baptist Church. The trust now operates independently of the church and is governed by its own board of trustees. It was initially heavily dependent on volunteers and fundraising and a few staff to carry out its work. However, with much hard work, it has since flourished to grow into its present form as a leader in the field of affordable social housing with developments all over Auckland. Stephen Hart has been with Court since 2016, leading the organisation through a significant period of growth. Formerly the operations manager, he replaced the outgoing CEO, Peter Jeffries, on the 28th of February of this year. Graduating from the University of Auckland with a conjoint degree in history and commerce, Stephen spent time in the music industry and was the manager of Crossroads Clubhouse, a community centre and outreach programme for people with mental health diagnoses. And he has also completed a diploma in mental health at AUT. Welcome to you both. Let's just start with each of you telling us how you came to be working for your organisations 
And what led you to take up your current roles as the leaders of those organisations? Alison. Kia ora Vic and thank you for that lovely warm welcome. Before starting with the Wellington Housing Trust, I had been working for what was then the Housing Corporation. That had sparked a real interest in housing for me. I was brought up in a state house just out of Dunedin. So the importance of housing was something that I've known since birth, really. I saw the job at the Wellington Housing Trust. It ticked a lot of boxes for me, and that's history. (laughs) Thanks, Alison. And Stephen? Kia ora, Vic and Alison. Thank you so much for having me along. My entry to court came from one of the many times I think court at the time was reaching out to see how it could support the community with more than just housing. And at the time I was working at Crossroads Clubhouse and we were seeking employment opportunities for people. That's always hard work, door knocking basically. And one of the doors we knocked on was court. And I had some great conversations with Peter Jeffries, who was here at the time. And he was very open to new and interesting ideas. And we had a new and interesting idea to set up a social enterprise for a lawn mowing or gardening sort of little business that we were trying to start and he was very open to exploring that with us and that was when I first got to meet him and more of the team more widely. We'd known about court obviously a lot in terms of the work they'd done in the community that I was working in as well and then eventually I was offered a job and jumped at it and so I've been in the housing sector since that time and have absolutely loved it and have felt very privileged I think to work at court as well in the way that it nurtured and supported me to grow. And my current position has been since February. I think the organisation has been wonderful supporting me, as the wider sector has. And I think that's always been a wonderful thing about the community housing sector, how we support not just each other as organisations, but there's a whole lot of individual outreach and support that goes on, which is wonderful. Thanks, Stephen. And you raise a very good point there. Our sector is really great at looking after each other, sharing knowledge and peer support. And I think our sector looks to both of you and your organisations as real leaders as well. Both of your organisations have been operating since the 1980s, 40 years recently, for Dwell as your big celebration. That's an incredible achievement. Can you each give us a bit of background into how both Dwell and Court began and maybe tell us what you think was going on in the 1980s that motivated the founders of each of your organisations to start a community housing provider. Alison, if we could start with you. I think certainly for the start of Wellington Housing Trust, there was that energy around change and doing things differently and New Zealand getting more confident about different things. So the people that started Wellington Housing Trust came from the inner city mission it was at that time, so a collection of inner city Wellington churches who recognised that housing was changing, particularly they were focused on the suburb of Mount Victoria in Wellington, so that lovely suburb that sits under the hill, and it was becoming quite gentrified. Low-income people were being moved out, and so there was a group that started to become more and more concerned about that. Also, at the time, the Wellington City Council had made the decision to no longer build any more social housing. They didn't see that there was a need for anything more. And a particular group of the people that started the trust had been in the UK, and they saw that different provision of social housing coming from the non-government sector, the housing association model, as it were, 
and they were really excited about that, could see the potential for a third sector in New Zealand. And they formed Wellington Housing Trust. Actually, it initially started as Mount Victoria Housing Trust, but that quickly changed because they saw the need in the whole city. They were really pioneers of non-government social housing and also it had been provided previously by faith-based church organisations. This was something really different. I like to think that kind of pioneering, exploring, innovative spirit still continues within the organisation and certainly the sector. Very proud to follow on from a great group of leaders. I think our story is very similar, Alison, as you well know, that I was reading our original trust deed today, which I'd never read properly, and it talks about how the trust has a mandate to assist people in the Ponsonby area to remain in the area. And I think that was a theme that's true today in terms of how housing affects communities and how they change. But more broadly, I think court started with a small group of people who had some radical ideas, and I don't think they 100% knew exactly what they were going to be doing or how they were going to do it, but they strongly recognised the need that housing was inadequate and expensive, not a new theme, unfortunately. And Ponsonby Baptist had a pastor at the time called Mike Cradell, who'd returned to New Zealand and really pushed some boundaries, I think, alongside some other people from the church who were alongside him. And the story goes that he went and purchased a house one day and then gathered some people at the back of the church because he realised he needed a trust to somehow manage this thing. So it was very much, the, again, that idea of let's get some stuff done. And from there, the trust has grown and we operate quite separately from the church today, but still have strong links in terms of the original values and the connection back to the mission, I think, of what we're all about and what we're trying to achieve. Thanks, Stephen. And I think you've both raised a really good point there that some things have changed and some things remain the same. And certainly we know that the need for affordable, decent homes is higher than ever. In terms of the things that have changed in the last 30 or 40 years, how have your organisations been able to adapt to those changes and what have been the key ingredients for successful adaptation? Alison? We just had a book written for our 40th anniversary and it was called Tenants, Tenacity, Troubles and Triumph. I loved it when the guy who wrote it said tenacity because I think that has really been a big feature is that ability just to have a clear vision, know what we want to do, know what we need to do, can see the need out there and just keep going and keep trying to do what we can really. There's been huge changes in that 40 years. As Stephen talked about, it was a group of people coming together, mostly volunteers, gave so much of their time for nothing and actually did a lot of the repairs and maintenance to homes and themselves and actually went out and got the money to buy homes from other individuals and churches and everything. Actually, that hasn't changed. (laughs) It's trying to get the money that we need. (laughs) And of course, sadly, the biggest change is the need has just got worse and worse and worse. And that's just heartbreaking, really. I think the thing for our organisations and so many in the sector is that we're very good at forming relationships with the people that we need to get our work done. There's so much goodwill in the community. There's so much help. And I think that's been a big feature of the 40 years as well. But another thing that stands out for me when I look at 
the history is the constant changing in the environment, the constant change in government policy, but just the ability of our organisation to be able to pivot and move and change and do what we need to do to work in the current environment. And I think that's a huge strength of our organisation and others in the sector as well. Thanks, Alison. And Stephen, what is court seen in its nearly 40 years? I think the themes are very similar, and Alison's just answering these questions better than I can before I get to them. It's really interesting, though, the parallels, and when Peter, our CEO, previously had left, there was obviously a lot of reflection on his time and together with the team. And one of the themes that came up from one of our board members was that court had been particularly good at running at brick walls and then when we don't go through them, we keep running at them and then we have another crack until we finally get there. And I think that's very much true. And I think the ability to do that comes from knowing that what we've got to offer is an incredibly impactful thing that we can do, but a lot of faith that we'll get there as well and we hang on to what's at the centre. And that allows us to, the two other themes I think is take opportunities when they're there, be very opportunistic. And this is about, as you say, being adaptable to as the government and sometimes planning regulations. The unitary plan was very much from an Auckland-centric perspective, court changing and adapting into that way of thinking about homes. But also a little bit of risk-taking, I think, and where you've got an organisation that holds the values and the work together, the staff, the board, everybody together on this journey that allows you together to take some risks, do some of the hard work and the complex work and jump in that together. And I think that's a theme that's very important for us as we move into what feels like at times an increasingly complicated way of delivering housing and providing communities for people. Stephen, I just want to pick up on that point you've made there around brick walls. (laughs) We were just talking about jib earlier, but I think brick's probably a good analogy in this case. Where would you like to be in your ideal world, reflecting on this conversation in 10 years' time? What would have happened for you? I think there's a strong recognition there that government will always be one of our key partners in this journey. And I think the more that we can evolve that relationship to a more and more a partnership approach and more and more one that is a partnership over the long term will be beneficial for everybody. And because those brick walls will come and be of different shapes and sizes and at different times, it could be about what we're building, it could be about who we're working with, it could be about how it's funded. But the more that we can have some consistency from that partnership, And be really clear about what we can offer in return. I think that's very important from our sector to say this is what we can do as our part to improve society and our communities, that those brick walls become easier. We can, jumping over them together, with a little bit more behind us in terms of how fast we run at them sometimes. And I've talked with both of you about the strength that the community housing sector has in building intentional communities and really helping grow thriving communities. Alison, I wonder if you could just jump in here and give us a bit of a background about the ways in which Dwell goes about thinking about thriving communities and how community housing plays a critical role. Oh, that's a big question. (laughs) One of the biggest added values about the community housing sector is that whole part about community, really. And for us, it's not just about building houses. It's not just about the jib board and the walls and actually providing someone with a house. It's about actually creating 
communities and creating connections for people within those communities or enabling them to do that. I think it's not an exact science really and it's not a you need an A, B and then you get a C type thing. It's A lot of it is dependent on the opportunities that come and the partners that you're working with. We do have some ability to actually go out and seek and buy property but that's very intentional in terms of thinking about what the need is, thinking about what's in the area, who lives there, what amenities are there, is it a good location, and who are our partners in the area, so who do we know that we can talk to about it. Some opportunities we don't have that ability, there'll be a, a church partner that maybe come to us and say, we've got this piece of land. There's so many different relationships and players and decision, and so much is about the outcomes that we want for the people who are going to live in those homes. And I think, Alison, that idea of being focused on outcomes and people in homes rather than mechanisms and inputs is something that I see as a really key strength of the sector. And to summarise, it would be that concept of a house being more than a roof, that a house is actually a home for people to live in at the heart of a community. I wonder if we move on now to thinking about what our sector, with all its strengths, partnerships and commitment to people, might need to do to be able to handle the ongoing crises that we're currently experiencing from your perspective. Stephen, if I could ask you to jump in here. What a huge question. Uh, there's clearly some very real nuts and bolts ways that we can help, and we already are. As I think we, as organisations, maximise what we have in the way of resources, ability and capacity to do as much as we possibly can. And I think we've also, I think our long-term existence has meant a lot of learning through trying. And so there's a really quite a mature model of how we offer community housing. And I think that's where we focus on what can be most impactful. And so we're not always necessarily building the most houses. We might be thinking a little bit differently about how we design it, but what we're very much interested in is very much the long-term results for people. And again, that's coming back to that idea of community connectedness and homes. I think from a sector perspective, there's always a challenge of how we tell our story. We're relatively small organisations in a sense, and the impacts that we have can be over the long term. And those stories are harder to measure, sometimes harder to tell, and widely in the public not necessarily recognised as one of the key partners. The people that know us obviously very much value what we do. So I think the more we can tell our story, the impact that we have and the solutions that we have to offer will go a huge way towards that. Alison, what were your thoughts on that one? The community housing sector, it's so diverse, isn't it, which is one of our great strengths, but also an incredible challenge, I think, as well. And so each organisation or different organisations have so many different aspirations and role to play, I think, in housing need. But I think the thing that really stands out for me, and when I'm in webinars with community housing sector leaders, I'm just blown away by the years and years of knowledge and experience and expertise. We need to stand in that place of being housing professionals 
possibly more than we do, and to be seen as experts in housing. And we're not just these little charities trying to do good anymore. I think that's long gone. But I think the scale issue is definitely one that holds us back. I also don't think that we have told our story clearly and loudly enough, really. I still don't think that there is enough knowledge about the added value of the community housing sector and why we do need to be playing a bigger role in the housing crisis and should be a bigger part of the solution, really. Thanks, Alison. And I agree with you. I think that the expertise of our sector is significant and certainly our listeners can rely on us to be telling those stories on this podcast and elsewhere from the rooftops because as a peak body for the community housing sector, we're just really proud of the achievements of our members and the work that goes on day in, day out to provide a whole range of housing options in nearly every single community in the country. And I'd like us to finish with another moment of shouting from the rooftops in celebration by congratulating Alison on recently being made an officer of the New Zealand Order of Merit. We'd like to hear a little bit about your induction ceremony, Alison, and what the honour meant to you and your organisation after 40 years of incredibly hard work on behalf of the community in Wellington. Oh, thank you. Gosh, it was such an (laughs) honour. It sounds funny to say that, but it really is such a privilege and an honour to to get the award. And the investiture was just lovely. It was this lovely piece of Kiwi pageantry. The Queen was there, but it was was so Kiwi and had lots of lovely touches. And I think the biggest thrill for me actually was to be at Government House and for the community housing sector to be recognised, to be given an award. And I took it for myself, for our team and for the sector to get that recognition. And the Governor-General said to me, you do the most important work. You provide people with homes. And it was a very emotional moment. It was very special. It means a lot to us here at Dwell. I think that whole thing about we all want to be seen, we all want to be our work to be seen and acknowledged. And that was a great recognition of the hard work of many people over 40 years and I really wish I could have broken my medal up into little pieces and given it to a whole lot of people but I do wear it on my heart for so many and so many in the sector. Thanks Alison and Stephen any final words of wisdom for the people out there listening from you today? I think we should all feel very both proud but forward-looking in an optimistic way about what we have achieved and what's ahead of us, which is obviously some wonderful work. But increasingly, we see the sector continue to grow, continue to take on some pretty significant challenges and at times hard and complex work, both in the people space, the building space, and how we fit those two worlds together. And so I'm very optimistic about our sector and our organisations and what we can achieve. And we do sometimes focus on what are our problems and how do we pick them apart? But I think we have a wonderful amount of momentum within the sector and some, as you say, some fantastic leaders. And I know from Court's perspective, some incredible staff that come in every day. We all work here because we love people, not homes. That's what we talk about. And that's absolutely true. So yeah, I think that's my message is just to 
I'm probably a bit hardwired as an optimist, but I think we should all hang on to it. I think it's the best way to be. A wonderful place to finish up. Thank you to you both. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you tune in to our next episode as we look for a way to ensure the human right to a decent home is a reality for all New Zealanders. So give us a like, leave a review and subscribe on your favourite podcast platform. Until next time, kā kite.